down the toilet like just run and be like uh, and they're outside you know or or something scandalous like like no i only slept with his father twice and his grandfather once <laughs> <laughs> just like say a phrase that's gonna pick the interest of the name. if i'm already interested in knowing what the other guy was so upset at the cop no Cooper and Kim. Yes. What are you talking about? Which guy? Oh, Must the be. one who looked like he was gonna cry. Yes. I forget that. I forget that. But what I'm saying is, for the people outside, when they start to rile up, oh, we need to. Back. We need no. We need to get them afraid of what's happening in here. Mm. Right. So we need to come up with like the perfect sentence. So maybe we could say something like, Jasmine, if you cut off her head, I'll cut off her legs, and we'll throw the bag. By the um, Lake Simcoe. Is that too far? They might call the police. That's really rolling the dice. Mm. Could we say that will really rile them up? Don't open the door. Maybe it's your wife coming. <gasps> exactly. Enough to Marco? <laughs> yes, no, but not, but not want to stay. To call the police? Not enough to call the police and also not enough to want to stay. Because if because I hear that, I'm sitting there waiting for the wife. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but that's us. rich. <laughs> but that's us. <laughs> But that's us. Are you ready? Do you like accents? By hitting justice, then you come to the right place. Season three, bitches. Season three. Season. Why are you getting softer every time? You get I get softer. I get louder and, and you get... I don't know. You know, I did notice that. When Why we is this? Record, I don't know. Because softer is my default setting and louder is yours. Maybe I'm too loud and it makes you softer. I don't think so. Here we are. And um, it's my birthday month. We're just gonna ignore that Susanna has put on the dick hat because it's September and she's somehow, and it's not even by the time of recording this, we are still in August. And but you'll, she you'll notice it's September. That you'll it's see it in the September. month of her birthday. So the she my be fans need to know that they need to congratulate me September 23rd. Congratulate you. What have you achieved? Another year of life. Mm, okay. A 40th years life. oh yes actually this is true it is a big birthday she's it going is. to be 40 it is mm-hmm. and i'm admitting it, You're admitting it. why would you do that <laughs> i'm admitting if i'm 40 because i keep on saying i'm 30 i'm 30 i'm 30 inside i feel like a solid 22 <laughs> i'm just being honest like i don't i don't know what these other years are but anytime people ask me how long <laughs> was like five years ago i say 2000 like in my uh-huh. head it's just like the other day you know and then the other day i saw a girl on tiktok who was like my parents were born in the 90s and i was like shit they must have been so young no <laughs> the 90s is long enough ago for adults to have children Kid, yeah like whole big children susanna mm-hmm. if somebody had somebody a child in 1990 they're 32 if I keep, I, I haven't been back home since 2012. I thought it was five years ago, and it's then. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is 10. Mm-hmm. You see, I feel like something happened with those tens. Like, you just, you you miss them? Mm, I think we're just as old. <laughs> it could just be that. It could just be that. But inside, I feel like I'm out there, 22. 22. Uh, uh, if, I, if I feel a day over 22, I lie. I just don't. <laughs> I just wondered the other day because you know you see people I'm like I am old, like I, I don't know if we s- yes but you don't feel it yeah I do, do my right actually? my left eye you know how my left eye hits in me listen listen <laughs> with the negativity and the age coming I'm sorry, your way just my you don't see you never see J Lo waking up 
I'm oh that bitch wakes up look at me I'm so hot First of all, she on her second chance romance that she's having right now, she have every right to feel hot if she wants. Life is just too short for people to be accepting these subpar relationships. Now, what I'm about to say is not going to be well received because I feel like if people are just going to be like, you just saying that because you have no man. Okay. They don't know that. For the, they do not. For the you have no man crew out there, have several seats. This is not where this is coming from. This is just a keen observation that I have made. <laughs> I... How is it possible that so many people believe that their soulmate is in the same city that they are in and they are happy? I don't think people are happy. I think people are happy not being alone. I don't think people are happy with the people who they with. I strongly believe that. I just don't believe there is only one person. That too. You have people they are born in a town let's say the town is Barquisimeto Barquisimeto right mm-hmm. born in Barquisimeto so many people in Barquisimeto are meeting other Barquisimetonians Barquisimetanos Barquisimetanos right mm-hmm. <laughs> so many of them are meeting each other i'm in love with you mr barquisimeto i'm in love with you miss barquisimeto and they get married mm-hmm. i am not say i'm not invalidating that love I okay. am just saying there's so many people who have sit down and put roots right where they were born right where they are at. Mhm. And I'm not talking about like in a different town of the same country or you know like somebody who you would never meet in your regular social circle. I'm not talking about that. That happens. I'm talking about somebody who's like I'm in this town and I married a boy up the street. You know? And, and it's because that's what was expected of you. Not yes. because you love this person. Yeah. And now you're settled. And now you're out here talking shit about single people like oh she don't have no man. Like if having now, a man I, is a I, is, is, a, is coming a from a married special woman. Special thing. From coming from a mother and a married woman, I envy how much peace this person radiates. I do have a lot of peace. Because she doesn't have a man. Mm-hmm. Or nothing that comes with it, mm-hmm. kids included. Mm. I'm telling you that as much as there are married people, they're saying shit about single people. There are others like me that envy you the perks of being single. I saw a woman who said, "When the devil can't get you, he sent a man." And I believed like there's nothing wrong with okay you're in the same country maybe you meet somebody from some a different part maybe you meet somebody in a way that you never meant to meet them mm-hmm. but i'm talking about people who they've they've never left the country ever you know they've always and that might not be their fault it might just be a a product of their environment or their choice or their choice but mm-hmm. i'm saying it's possible it could be a they could be a product of their environment but or their lack of opportunities but they're mm-hmm. like they stay there and they meet somebody or maybe somebody was pushed on them like hey you need to be with this mm-hmm. person and then they settle but what they get out of that is the judgment to watch other people like oh so you still single like if i'm somehow defective because you don't like me, fall into this because standard. i didn't uh-huh. fall into this particular group yeah, yeah. So I feel like if I was just thinking about that the other day and I was like I'd rather live Jayla's life where she was meeting a bunch of the right people for now as opposed to being stuck with that one I, asshole. I welcome you when you're bringing the energy and the good that I want but when you're not longer providing that and mm-hmm. I'm giving you a chance because you know everybody goes through shit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you keep on showing me that you're just a piece of shit out you go. Mm-hmm. That is it. I agree with that. 
I feel like if there's just a lot of a lot of women in situations where they have convinced their but brain, that's the thing. they've convinced their brain that they are happy because society tells them this is where the satisfaction comes from. Mm-hmm. This is where your fulfillment is gonna come from, and they can't imagine another way. And that's not to say that I don't have aspirations to maybe have a child, maybe I'll do adoption, or maybe settle down with somebody, perhaps I'll get married, maybe I'll never get married. You just don't know. But the point is, is that I'm not going to let that be my whole existence. Like if I have somehow won this game of life because I have done these things and negate all of the other things I have done. What's yeah. put me in this mindset, you wonder? I watch a documentary on Netflix. Which documentary? Keep sweet, pray and obey. It's a documentary about fundamentalist moments where, according to him, the Bible says a man has to have X amount of wives and he's marrying off girls who are as young as 16, 15, whatever. His brat son, Warren, takes over and he was the worst of the worst. He was so disgusting, Susanna, that he took in all of these young girls as his wife. The guy, his father, he was 80-something when he married this girl who was like maybe 16, 17, and she's there kissing him. But Mm. because they never teach them about sex, she's thinking babies come from kissing. So she got the shock of her life when he forced her to have sex the first time. And the best thing that the woman could aspire to be is a prophet's wife. I thought one of the best questions in the interview was, if you're telling me the more wives a man has is the closer he is to God, then what do the women get? And then the guy who hears his interview is like, oh, it doesn't say anything about about mm-hmm. that. No. So you don't get nothing. I was so mad watching that. Do you think? Do you think either of these people that marry because of convenience, they were ever in love? I think that love can grow out of difficult circumstances. I think a lot of people can find love when they have to struggle with somebody for something. So, like, let's say you're in a relationship, maybe you'll have a small apartment and you'll have to work hard together to make that little apartment a home. I think that a like situation can definitely grow into love. There are a lot of examples of people who have arranged marriages where it turns into love. I'm talking about not a arranged circumstance. I'm talking about you've convinced yourself that this is it, this is what I want. That's mm-hmm. a completely different story. Mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of people who do that. That's what I'm trying to say. If but it's, even nowadays, whether yeah. or not under that culture, like I have friends text mm-hmm. me when she's turning 30, I need to get this done. And she settled for mm-hmm. a guy that was not being nice to her. Mm-hmm. But she believed that this is the man mm-hmm. of her dream. She yeah. ended up having kids with him and now his somewhere else yeah yeah you know and i now and i'm i don't want to say stuck because um i'm leaving proof that a kid don't don't stuck you mm-hmm. nowhere mm-hmm. but financially i think the best thing that ever happened to her mm-hmm. was this guy moving away but yes like i have saying to me i am 30 i it's need because to get this society it, makes mm-hmm. people feel like if you don't get this, you failed. Yeah. You failed. What are you doing? You have failed. Right? How dare you, yeah? How dare you? Mm-hmm. You have failed. And I just mm-hmm. thought about it because this whole documentary just got me thinking about the worth of women in society and how how people treat them and how like 
it's like you are not allowed to have desires and goals that are inherently yours or completely mm-hmm. yours mm-hmm. outside of wanting a husband and a family. There was a woman, I think I talked about the last season. There was this woman on Netflix who not Netflix, TikTok, who people are really mad at, like men are really mad at. Because she's like, I don't want a man. I don't want a man like the regular men that are out there. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't want to clean after you. I don't want to pick up after you. I am not looking for another child. She was like, I don't want that. I don't want to go to the, the barbecue and the picnic up the street where I'm laughing with the other wives. Like, oh, yeah, my husband did the darndest thing. He didn't um, pick up after himself. And then she can be like, oh, yeah, my husband does that too, girl. It's okay. Like, no. She's like, why are we out here accepting these man babies? So people are mad at this woman because she's like, I don't want that. I don't want that. Why can't I be with somebody who's going to come home at night and cook dinner and then be like, hey, I cooked dinner. Or, oh, we're both tired, so let's order something to eat. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, I washed the laundry this weekend. Okay, cool, you got the laundry, I'll get the dishes, you know? Like, why can't I have that situation? Why do I have to be doing everything while mm-hmm. you're sitting down watching sports all week? And she's so right. And instead of thinking she's right, these fucking guys, they're like, oh, this is why you'll stay single. She starts the video with, I think I'm going to stay single forever and this is why. She said, I choose to. Like, I think I'm going to be single and this is why. This is why you're going to be fucking single. No man wants a woman like that. You see, you're proving her point. Everybody has a different love language. Uh-huh. This is not about that. Somebody about whose love language is physical touch mm-hmm. can still get up and fucking wash the dishes. Yeah. Right? Because guess what? They saw their That's wife right. doing laundry. Yeah. Why are you sitting there Watching TV, doing nothing, playing Xbox, playing PlayStation, playing whatever the hell it is. Watching her pitter-patter all over the place. And then when all again, the bed at the end of the night, you want to have sex. Mm -hmm. And then surprise that she's like, I'm tired. What did you do whole day? What did you do? Mm -hmm. What the fuck is that? Mm -hmm. And so the guys who mad at this woman, like they straight up mad at her, you know. Like how, this is what's wrong with women today. No man wants a woman like that. Nobody Nobody wants wants a man man like like you. you. This is, this is, like, whoa. And it just can't, it cannot seep into their brain, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's like, women are supposed to be like this, only this, ever this, for us. If you want me to be like those ladies from years ago that all I do is to serve you, you better have that credit card so loaded that I don't have the need. Because that way, Mm -hmm. I'll get up. I'll get your coffee. I'll get your breakfast. I'll pack your lunch. I'll go do my nails. I'll Shop go do my nails. I'll go my laundry. Susan, I'll do my la- you I'll- have an exact point. The woman or the person who, somebody who made a review of the but person's thing said. Me, if you expect me to financially contribute. work and contribute yes, and do well. this thing. And yes. you are the only one getting the phrase. This is it. So this was something counted. So when the men started popping off, a bunch of women were like, if you want me to do all of this, I don't mind. No problem, it. but yeah. you have to be fucking rich. That brings us back to our original point. When women needed to be like this for men, they did not work. They needed men because they needed men to pay the bills, to work the jobs. If you're going to say to me, I have to carry a nine to five job just like you. Just like fucking you. I have to carry a nine to five job. I'm solely responsible for the children. I had an old day schedule, your schedule, pack the lunch, pack your lunch, wash the clothes, wash the wares, clean the house. And you have the audacity to turn around and be like, she let herself go. Mm -hmm. Fuck you. Mm -hmm. 
why is it like that and that's why i feel i feel really bad for women who are in marriages like that and they don't you know they're like oh this is how my man is no expect better from people why are you in a situation i mean i mean i'm saying why are you in a situation like you can leave you are in your situation i'm just saying that on the outside looking in i don't think it's great so while you're sitting down there like oh i'm a man i'm uh, look at my life it's beautiful because i'm married there is no envy over here i do not envy. <laughs> right? i am not i'm doing honest i'm not envious so you could save it anyway my story isn't any better let me go welcome to season three and you're studying this <laughs> i'm just gonna go straight into my story because we can keep going on and on about this and i still i'm just i worked up a healthy anger about this bullshit because it's, it's what got me in my mindset about thinking about women's position in the world and about how men are opportunists. And once again, I want to say for the people in the back who don't listen to us often and who wasn't listening in the beginning, I don't mean all people. I'm talking about these particular circumstances. So please don't jump in my DMs talking your shit about not me. I da, 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 da. Keep that shit to yourself. I don't give a fuck. I mean it. I ain't talking about you. I ain't talking about you and your man who happy. I ain't talking about you and your man who share. I ain't talking about your man who don't rape. I am not talking about all here. Talking about these specific people. To my story. It's called proof of life. Look at your face. Are you okay? <laughs> I'm not okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Doesn't it put you in a bad spot? Of course. Let me talk about this case. It's called proof of life. Ready? Another fuckery. Yeah, yeah. First thing I want to say is that this case has tons of information. So if you want to know what happened, which you don't, because this is actually a pretty popular podcast case. Oh, yeah? It's very popular in podcast circles. You just haven't heard it because I know that. Yeah. But, um, you know, even if you've heard it before, you could stick around. Just hear what Susanna has to say when she finds out what happened. <laughs> So on February 1st, 2012, nobody could find 18-year-old Samantha Koenig. If she lived in some thriving metropolis or a busy neighborhood, I guess you could have assumed that she was out somewhere with friends, maybe Lyman, and she'd get caught up doing the things that teens does be doing. But this was in Toronto or New York. Samantha was missing in Anchorage, Alaska. Where is she going to go there? Exactly. Lime with the polar bears. Exactly. Lime with the polar bears. Furthermore, she was missing from the roadside espresso stand where she was working on night shift. So just to paint a mental picture of this. Cold. Cold dark, outside. Polar bears around. Sure. Polar bears. <laughs> but it's a standalone espresso stand. So because it's like in the middle of nowhere, to my knowledge, because the pictures I saw, it didn't look like it had much around it. I guess like when people are driving a long distance, they will stop there, get a little drive through co coffee and continue on. They're just doing a service. Her boyfriend was supposed to pick her up from work that night and some websites allege she and her boyfriend may have had a fight. But all sites were unified that he did try to reach her that night. Several of his calls went unanswered to what I suspect his growing frustration until he received a text from Samantha. Finally, she was reaching out to him, but it wasn't what he expected. Samantha texted him to say she was tired and needed a vacation. That she was done. She's done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She was on. like, fuck this shit. Right? That's what was implied. Well that was implied. <laughs> uh -huh. The implication being that she was done with him and with Anchorage. Mm. One article said that the text she sent actually said, Hey, I'm staying with friends, let my dad know. Mm -hmm. These are two different things. Like, I'm staying with friends, let my dad know, and uh, peace out, I gone. <laughs> are two different things, but I'm just telling you what they were saying. 
but regardless, family and friends knew immediately that something was wrong. They knew Samantha would never just take off like that. Police were called in and reviewed the security camera footage from the coffee stand, the espresso stand, which revealed immediately that Samantha's family were right. She 100% did not leave on her own and did not just walk away from her job. From the footage you could see, or they could see, that around 8 p.m. she was busying herself with her closing rituals. I don't know if it's a 24-hour stand and somebody mm-hmm. else was coming later, or if she was closing down fully. For the night, uh-huh. But she was doing all them closing rituals for the night. When suddenly a masked man, he appeared by the window. Remember, it's like a drive-thru. So like I said, to paint a picture for you, the expressive stand was essentially like a kiosk size, you know, mm-hmm. kiosk like at the mm-hmm. mall, shed in the middle of what seemed like nowhere. It wasn't big enough to be manned by more than one person inside at a time, but it did have that drive up or walk up window so a person could get a coffee and be on the way. Mm-hmm. So this mask and armed man appeared by the window, obviously in search of more than coffee. And you could see from the video that Samantha was just doing her duty when she stared back at him mm-hmm. when she got, and she got sta- startled. She raised her hands above her head in surrender. There's no audio, but it's suspected that instead of just asking for money, the assailant told Samantha to turn off the lights, <gasps> which is exactly what she does. He knew there was camera. With the lights of the ass- off, the assailant jumped through the window and the two dark shapes disappear from sight. Samantha was abducted. At 18... An Amber Alert wouldn't have been issued, but the whole of Anchorage knew she was missing and were on the lookout. Her poor dad, James, took to the media issuing the following, quote, Just please help find my daughter. I don't know if my daughter is being fed, taken oh care my of. God, no. If she's still alive, if she's getting any sleep. Her father was desperate to have her back, as expected, but the tongue was shaken and concerned that there could be somebody in their midst who was capable of this. Mm. Days passed. Days, eh? And the Anchorage police had to admit that they were out of depth and had the FBI come in to handle the case. Mm-hmm. They did a deep dive into Samantha's personal circle and were quickly able to rule out the boyfriend as a suspect. Additionally, they deduced that her kind and helpful nature meant she didn't have any known enemies mm-hmm. who would want to hurt her. She didn't fall out with anybody who would be like, fuck that bitch, we're going to kill her. Da, 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 da. That did not happen. The town held vigils hoping for Samantha to be brought home. But at the time, um, scoping out the attendees, so at the same time they were scoping out the attendees who might be out of place, mm-hmm. but the feds kept coming up with nothing. Because, you know, sometimes people like to go... Just say their crime. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So they've committed this crime and they like to go immerse themselves in the pain of the people they hurt. Isn't okay. that horrible? So like you murder somebody and then you go to their funeral to watch be everybody like, cry oh, about it and be like, Oh sorry for that. Like those two girls Skylar niece mm-hmm, friends mm-hmm. and they went to the parents' house and was there when They're they was crying, the but they uh-huh, were the ones uh-huh. who killed the girl like that. So they're looking out to see if they see anybody like that. Uh-huh. You know? But they didn't see anything. So how did you spot somebody extra? Inattentive, kind of out of place, you know, maybe just a little too interested in the case. Kind I'm of. probably the worst target for that because I get like that. Because you're overhelpful. Yeah. Well, yeah, so you go to jail. <laughs> Directly like, to jail. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> go to jail. <laughs> I'll be like, is this bitch? I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> 
family friends and officials started to wonder whether or not they had expanded their search far enough you know like their physical search mm-hmm. what if the kidnapper released us somewhere ultra remote and in the wilderness this is fucking alaska where she was out in the bush north so many things could happen it have mm-hmm. real animals out there it also real gold and she would have been alone and unable to navigate her way home possibly mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. now they're thinking about wow we need to expand we need to check more woods more, uh-huh, uh-huh. Three agonizing weeks would pass before a text was received by Samantha's boyfriend. He got the text. The text simply said, look in Connor Park under the pick of Albert. It also said, ain't she pretty? When they got the message, the family took off to the park immediately. Mm. Hoping and praying they would find Samantha. Instead, when they got there, they found a note under a picture of what I think was like a lost dog named Albert. Mm-hmm. So that's why it says, look under the pick of Albert. Demanding $30,000, as well as a pic of a terrified looking Samantha with a recent newspaper. So February 13th, held up next to her face. From the pic, you could see Samantha was staring glass-eyed, almost in shock from the trauma of being kidnapped. This was their proof of life. This gave the family hope that they could get her back safe and sound. Mm-hmm. So her father, not wanting to rattle the kidnappers, went to the bank and deposited the $30,000, which was actually put together by the community because mm-hmm. everybody's like, let me get this girl back, you mm-hmm. know? So they posted to the account, specifically to the one connected to her ATM card, which was also in the possession of the kidnappers. Now, all they had to do was wait for Samantha to be released and everything else would work itself out. Mm-hmm. The important thing was that she was coming home, but she didn't come home. The kidnapper didn't let her go. And what's worse, he was withdrawing the money from the account, the $30,000. I want to interrupt. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> this bitch was doing it by herself, and she's spending the money Bora Bora. In Bora Bora. Okay. All right. No. You know, sometimes you say things and you're like, I Chanel, you shouldn't have let me say that today. That's one of this Chanel, is one of but those. This, why she spending Let me tell the story. Because I always come, you always come with some fuckery and I'm here feeling bad, here feeling bad for the pregnant woman that turns out not to be pregnant. We never told that story. And don't bring it up now. Oh, that's what I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. But she didn't come you home. You see, how is it that unnecessary information stayed there? I don't know. You can't remember the case you Mm-mm. did. But you remember a case we never did. We never did that case. But she didn't come home. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Just spend the money. (laughs) Jesus Christ. The kidnapper didn't let her go. And what's worse, he was withdrawing the money from the account. The police had hoped to intercept him while taking the funds in Anchorage. But they weren't able to. And soon the withdrawals were coming out from the account in Arizona, New Mexico, and Texas. Mm. So this person is going all over the place. He was on the move. And he could have had Samantha with him. This is what the officials are Mm -hmm. thinking. The only things the police knew was that the withdrawals were linked to a white Ford Focus because the person making the withdrawals disguised their face. So they have a link. All the withdrawals are coming from a white Ford Focus. With the FBI and the Texas Rangers tracking the withdrawals, they were all on the lookout for the vehicle 
and this shit paid off. Mm-hmm. A traffic stop would unravel the entire case when a speeding car matching the description of the vehicle from the surveillance cameras was pulled to a stop. Mm-hmm. And a 34-year-old man named Israel Keys mm-hmm. was found to be in possession of a shit ton of disturbing material, including a ski mask, gloves, but no surmount. Mm-hmm. He did, however, have her phone with the battery removed as well as her debit card. So police knew they had the right guy. Now in this situation, I just want to share, they think the, the patrol police guy knew the alert was out to look out for this white Ford Focus. But what's interesting in this situation is this guy, Israel Keys, had to get a new car. He got a new white Ford Focus. Now why would you do that? If you are on the lamb with a white Ford Focus, you had reason to change your vehicle. <laughs> Why would you get another white Ford Focus? That's his favorite car. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. That's what the one he gets to spot in the parking lot. Well, know. the police knew they had the right guy. They had a gut feeling they had the Hold right Hold on. He ha- he's making... He made a crime. Had to change car and he changed it into the, the same, same car. <laughs> yes, he did. That's How what does I read. he fall into the clueless motherfuckers? Uh, well, because he was actually very horrible. Can I turn you continue, sir? Anyway, so like I said, the police had a hunch they had the right person. Not no hunch. They had all this evidence. You know, she debit card, whatever, whatever. But they so they went wrong on their hunch. And on March twenty sixth of that year, Israel admitted to murdering someone. Israel walked the authorities through what happened to Samantha, and the reality was far worse than what anyone could imagine. Born the second of ten children in 1978, Israel's parents didn't believe in government interference. You just get up and decide not to believe? Didn't get up. Maybe they just had their problems with the government. Maybe they fed up paying the tax man. This sort of set the tone for his life. Not to say living off the grid can't be wholesome, but just in this particular case. He would grow up and display signs of being disturbed early on, breaking into neighbors' houses, Mm -hmm. enjoying torturing animals, we've seen this shit before, Mm -hmm. and hunting anything with a heartbeat, as he described it. Anything with a heartbeat. heartbeat. Mm. In his later years, though, he kept... You have a heartbeat, you motherfucker. Wow. Uh-huh. In his later years, though, he kept a low profile after joining the military and meeting the mother of his daughter. So I guess people thought he figured it out. You know, he, he had sown his crazy oats and his wild behavior was just teen or youthful rebellion. They would have been wrong. When pressed in the interview about Samantha's murder and why he killed her after keeping her alive for so long, Israel would drop the bombshell that Samantha had been dead since the night he took her. Mm. Israel would detail that he went up to the stand to order a drink, and when Samantha tried to hand him the order, he pulled out a gun on her and demanded money. Of course, a terrified Samantha complied, Mm -hmm. and Israel jumped through the window. Poor Samantha probably thought to herself, keep cool, let him take what he wanted, but that night he didn't just want money, and he forced her into his fort. She tried to escape, but unfortunately failed at her attempt. And Mm -hmm. Israel told Samantha if she tried again, he'd kill her. So wanting to believe him when he said that this was a simple kidnapping, because that's what he'd tell her, she decided she would comply. Israel took her Samantha to his property. 
in Anchorage where he tied her up in his shed demanding her bank cards and used her phone to send a message to her boyfriend who was supposed mm-hmm. to pick her up that night. Samantha told him she shared the bank card with her boyfriend and that it was in the truck that they shared as well. Mm-hmm. And she gave him her address with the pin. Bank pin. With this information, he then cranked the music up so nobody would hear her scream for help and went to retrieve the card. The ironic and sad thing is that when Israel went for the bank card in the car that she and the boyfriend had that night, he was successful, but he was also intercepted by Samantha's boyfriend. But her boyfriend couldn't have known that he had taken Samantha. Mm -hmm. He just thought this was somebody trying to break into his car. Mm -hmm. So he ran inside the house to raise the alarm, like, hey, hey, this guy trying to break into my car. Mm -hmm. And that's when Israel fled out fled back to his house and to his captive, a.k.a. Samantha. Mm -hmm. So that would have been his opportunity to stop him from killing Samantha because he was right there. But at that point, he didn't know. know. All he knows is Samantha messaged him to say, I done, or I gone by this friend, whatever the message was. When Israel got back to the shed with her bank card in tow, after narrowly escaping being caught, he then sexually assaulted Samantha and strangled her to death and stashed her body in a refrigerator of his shed. But this was on the night of February the 1st. How did he take that picture? early morning, February the 2nd. Mm-hmm. How was she photographed alive and well on the 13th? Well, after killing Samantha, our killer left that morning for a cruise he had planned. He had a family cruise planned. And I guess while he was away, he had time to think about what to do with the body hiding in his shed Mm -hmm. and how to extort money from her loved ones. Because when he got back to Anchorage on the 17th, he prepared the ransom note, retrieved Samantha's body from the freezer, applied makeup to her face, and sewed her eyes open with fishing line. So she could appear alive in the Polaroid he left at the park for her family. The one that said, ain't she pretty? Once he got the proof of life he needed to get the money from her family, Israel then dismembered her body, disposing of the parts in a Mantanuska lake. Mantanuska. Yes. Leave the lake by themselves, you motherfucking assholes. Where he made a hole in the ice to discard her body parts. When asked about it, Israel would say, quote, back when I was smart, I would let them come to me. Who's going to come to him? The victims. He used to go to them. And this is when he started talking about his other murders. According to him, his first planned attack took place in Oregon in 1997 or 1998. He abducted a teenage girl, then raped her. His intent was to murder her, but she convinced him to let her leave. And Israel said, quote, I wasn't violent enough mm. yet, I guess, at that time. Keyes told investigators of the crime and said, I made up my mind. I was never going to let that happen again. You know how the girl got away. Mm-hmm. It turns out Israel was somewhat of a traveling serial killer. And he would create kill caches or caches wherever he visited so he could be prepared to murder at any time. So he was literally burying like little bowls with like killing tools all over the place that he would go back and revisit so he would be ready to murder whenever he got the feeling. He hid a Home Depot bucket with weapons and tools in Anchorage and hid a toolbox with a homemade silencer in Vermont and so many more. He had a bunch of kill caches all over the place. 
on April 10th, allegedly after abducting and murdering a man, he walked into the community bank in Tupper Lake, New York, donning glasses, a jacket, jeans, sneakers, gloves, whatever, and a fake mustache, and armed with a 40 caliber weapon or pistol. And he robbed the bank, after which he fled to Vermont. On June the 8th, of 2011, Israel chose Bill and Lorraine Courier at random and abducted them from their Vermont home. So this was his trail. He went somewhere, he robbed a bank, then because he was already there, he decided, hey, I'm feeling to murder. He take this couple from their Vermont home, took them to a farmhouse where he shot Bill in a fit of rage and raped and strangled Lorraine. They weren't the only ones. And it's believed that he killed anywhere from 3 to 13 people. Attempting to kill 5 people, he had several rapes under his belt and committed at least 24 other crimes like robbery, etc. that we know about. And that he confessed. He didn't really confess to all. These are the ones that people, they tied him to based upon his travel. Mm-hmm. And maybe they had like some unsolved murders or rapes in that area. Mm-hmm. And they believe because he was there at that time, it may have been him. Authorities dove into the lake to retrieve Samantha's body parts and excavated the farmhouse to unearth the courier's bodies, but could actually only find evidence of the courier's remains, like evidence, not their whole bodies. They were kind of um, decomposed. Israel then claimed he killed another five people, but he never named them. Based upon his travel and suspicious murders, which occurred, the authorities have their suspicions. So these are his confirmed victims. In 2011, in Vermont, he killed um, people on April, well, the couple. April or May in Anchorage, Alaska, he mm-hmm. attempted to shoot an unnamed couple and an officer. On June the 7th, um, he intended to kill a male motorist. June the 8th, no, June the 8th was the couriers. I guess 2011, Vermont was the robbery. Mm-hmm. He tied them up, abducted, and killed them, but their bodies, we never found their whole bodies. Um, he billed the husband he was shot right everybody else he strangled but Bill he hit him on his head with a shovel and then shot him repeatedly with the silencer gun that he made Um, in 2012 February is when he kidnapped Samantha he raped her strangled her dismembered her and the 16th he intended to abduct and kill this woman in Texas but he abandoned the plan he doesn't say why then he had some alleged victims. We have some some in Washington in October, 20, July to October 2021 in Washington. They had a bunch of unnamed victims that they found. In 2001 to 2005, it had an unnamed couple where the male was beaten, but the female was fatally strangled. Both of them were strangled. Both of them were buried. Um, 20, 2005 to 2006, two unnamed victims, both killed separately, ah. dumped in a lake or in Lake Crescent. <gasps> in two thousand here. In two thousand nine, he was linked to a murder in New Jersey, or they don't know. Once again, Texas again, and so forth and so forth. They also think because of his wide travels, because he traveled to the states, Canada, Mexico, he could have killed in all those other places, and he could have killed caches, caches mm-hmm. in all these places, Jeez. and they don't know. As you can see, he traveled far and wide and gave his, given his MO, it was completely possible he had other victims in addition to the ones that they were able to mm-hmm. match. 
Israel seemed to really enjoy telling the investigators about the crimes he was willing to confess to and also appeared to take pride in having secrets that he held over their heads. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to tell you because that will make them want to keep him around longer because, you know, they want to talk to him, they want to know. He wanted to control the information and only offered the courier murder. He offered up that information as a sort of bargaining chip. You see, Israel wanted a quick execution date. He didn't want to waste away in prison. And he also didn't want his mother, who he stayed in contact with, and his daughter to suffer. So he hoped by sharing this little bit of information, they would have given him what he wanted. No such luck, because the feds were looking at him for a bunch of murders. So why would they kill you quickly? Because Mm -hmm. now they need these answers. Mm -hmm. And they wanted him to talk. On December 1st, 2012, Israel denied the Courier and Koenig families any justice by taking his own life in his prison cell. Somehow, he had procured a razor and slit his own wrists and set up a bit of a pulley system to strangle himself with his bedsheet before his body was discovered the next day on the 2nd. Shortly before being captured, Israel spent time with his mother and some siblings because the father had died years Mm -hmm. earlier and he had spent some time with his mother and his siblings in Texas. During that visit, his sister tried to get him to reconsider atheism because he was like, I altered this whole religion thing. A pastor present at the time said, Israel answered, quote, you don't know the depths of darkness that I've gone to. You don't know what I've done. Hmm. And that's my key. What do you think? A bunch of shit. All right, let's hear it. What the fuck? Do you have a serial killer and you're talking like... I'm the one telling you. So I know the information. You don't know. I sometimes I type my keys and I get upset again when <laughs> saying the thing. There you. Uh, you know what? No, this story is supposed to end with him getting killed. Like, I, let me put a happy switch to this. Oh, you're switching the story that already exists. Yes. Okay. The policeman, the guards knew that he was gonna get killed. Like he was gonna kill himself. And they just pretended not to listen and let him kill himself. That's not really a bad thing because he wanted that. I think a better punishment for him would have been to live. Mm-mm. He wanted to die. And what would you want her? Why would you give him that? Why would you give him what he wanted? Because that he deserved. That's oh, what he that's deserves. not what he deserves. He deserves to suffer. He deserves to suffer. And if for him, being alive in prison where people can use him as a strangling toy, Mm -hmm. where people can beat Mm -hmm. him up, Mm -hmm. where people Mm -hmm. can treat him like shit, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where he has to listen to the rules other people set. Mm -hmm. If Mm -hmm. this is his hell, give it to him. Why are you giving him an out? For what? That's fair. Yeah, everybody finds this case super disturbing because of the fact that he, he sewed her eyes open. Yeah. I I find that when you said she has glossy eyes or what is glassy that? glassy eyes like, yeah but people get glassy eyes when that, they cry and whatever there's something there people get glassy eyes when they cry like their eyes get all glassed over and whatnot we all don't know what happened just now <laughs> we I have a set of new gray we have a visitor I have somebody staying with me for the week from Trinidad and the rule is when we're recording that person stay in the room mm-hmm. so they don't make noise however 12 to 10 in the morning if you want to announce yourself the way to do so is not by going like the, oh, like the neighbors <laughs> like the neighbors <laughs> like the 
course, because be be like the neighbors, make the noise, interrupt the same. Susanna is now having cold sweats, and I have chest pain <laughs> because we were not expecting that, right? <sighs> Susanna disrespected the whole neighborhood by laughing out loud. <laughs> or oh, as we say in disrespect, let me tell you how the trees are mad at me. Not so much mad, but they divided. What? <laughs> I have divided Anisha. You are familiar with pilau. Yeah. Pilau to me is a perfect dish. Yes, Why? It is. it is a one pot situation. Yeah. People who don't know pilau is delicious. It is, but it's amazing. Like rice and meat and peas. And it goes peas. straight to your heart. Yes, pilau yeah. is fantastic. It is delicious. So what I found and what I know about myself and what anybody who's close to me knows is that I hate washing dishes. Is this not true? Yes. Yes, I absolutely hate. So I have now gone on a mission to make everything allow. Everything mm-hmm. is now a one pot dish. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. So I made a curry lao mm-hmm, yesterday, mm-hmm. which was curry chicken, rice, and chana. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's disgusted, right? I opted to put everything in one pot. And? It's disrespected the world. Um, a friend <laughs> said, quote, my ancestors didn't die for you <laughs> to put <laughs> the- curry chicken, chana, rice in a pot together. Um, people are feel <laughs> very, very divided about it. Looked good. Did it taste good? I think so. Right? Are you trying to make it taste no, good? No, I think it tastes good. I will admit that what it's missing is the gravy because when you eat curry, you're used to mm-hmm. having the gravy on your rice. Mm-hmm. You know. So maybe there's a dryness aspect, that I, but <laughs> flavor is there. The flavor is there. <laughs> anyway, enough about my curry lao. I don't know if it will ever take off. Come at me in the comments if you feel some type of way about my curry lao. You know, so I have now everybody scouring the internet for different one-pot dishes for me to try. <laughs> if you have a one-pot dish, and it had to be truly one-pot, eh? Soup. I am, no, geet. If you have a good one-pot dish, that's not this soup. This is soup one-pot dish. It is, but I don't want to eat it. There you go. I want to eat it. The only other thing I'm willing to get dirty in the kitchen is um, like a cutting board, like doing the prep. Fine, I will do the prep. But then in the cooking stage, one pot. All right, can we get into your case? Because now we've both been scared to death. <laughs> I have talked about my curry lao. You know, we never said what was our case called. Jesus Christ, you know, you would think after three seasons we would figure this out. And I just realized it right after two hours into the... Uh, What's your case called, Chana? Proof of life. <laughs> What's your case called? <laughs> Public library. <sighs> <laughs> Maybe we will figure this out by season 10. <laughs> Maybe season 4. I don't think so. I don't have high hopes for us. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think so. Just today, somebody asked us if we record the intro every time or if it's pre-recorded. And this is the first time I thought about why we don't pre-record. <laughs> because some fucker com- comes after, right after. Usually. <clears throat> How did we miss this? Season three, we missed the opportunity to kick off on a good foot. <laughs> Here we go. If you're disappointed by us, we are not the kind of podcasters you should be listening to because the disappointments will continue to come. I just want to make sure you know that. Disappointment. Manage your expectations. Manage your expectations. 
closes the door, reach for the um the book box, drop. Uh-huh. the book the book drop is like a mailbox, mm-hmm. you know, like the garbage chute. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So she said it. It she says, oh, it's it's stuck. Like there are a lot of books, mm-hmm. right? But she tried to force the her books inside. When she gets close to the thing, r- this is what Rachel's here on the phone. Mm-hmm. Gwen screams. Phone goes off. Oh my god. That's so scary. Rachel called Quina back and mm. the call went straight to voicemail. She tries a couple more times and then they re- she decides to call Vina, Quina's mom. Vina hangs off the phone and starts getting ready to go to the library. She called her sister Tina, who lives closer to the library, and asked her and her husband to get to the library quick because Quena might be hurt. On the way to the library, Vanna and now, I don't know if this is her husband, partner, somewhere, Robert, let's call it, and partner Robert received a call from Vanna's sister Tina mm-hmm. saying, Vanna, come quick. Quena's car is here, but she's not, and the door is open. Her cell phone is on the ground. Blood is everywhere. (gasps) To what Banna responds, what the fuck are you calling me? Call 911. Mm -hmm. Police need to come and see this shit. During all this time, Rachel is there. Hey, something happened to Quena. Hey, something happened to all her friends. Mm -hmm. And everybody that's closer to the library get their ass there. When Vanna and Robert arrived, she saw the car and she starts screaming, call 911, call 911, call 911. Within minutes, library security mm-hmm. guard, but you know some, this, these, uh, there are buildings that they hire a security guard, but they don't have one on site. They have a 24 hours, like they, you can oh, call. Oh, security, like a security you could yes. call. Yes, okay, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. But you don't have one right, right there. there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if something 20- happens, please call they 1-800, just, uh, kick uh, your uh, ass, uh, uh-huh. and they'll reach. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. yes. So uh-huh. I imagine that 911 says, who's the security? Somebody had pointed security guard reach. Right after the security guard, the police reach. By this time, Tina's husband and Robert, we have we have established that's the partner or something to do with Vanna Man and Vanna. the sister man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Start looking around the parking lot. So Vanna comes back to talk to the police mm-hmm. and Tina husband and Robert are gone off the parking lot. So yeah. imagine a building, standing building, parking lot and then bushes. Sure. Yeah. So they have gone off. This is ten ten twenty after ten thirty at night mm-hmm. so it's dark as Vanna is talking to the police Vanna's phone rings yes. and it's Robert Robert says we found her <gasps> oh, no. everybody runs police is around the body <gasps> of, oh. no 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 not her body around Quena uh-huh. but now it's a crime scene because she's lying down there eyes open she's still breathing okay. but she's not reactive Right? So police call paramedics right away. Mm -hmm. They're holding Vanna and her family and everybody else because they don't want to contaminate any, any uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, van is on the phone with this robert this is the most fascinating story you've ever told okay go ahead say van is like van is on the phone with robert like she's is what is what is happening yeah. why don't you let me go van is losing her shit because police is holding her but uh, like now paramedics robert is there Marco in the paramedics mm-hmm. something happening 
Robert listens to the paramedic saying she is in fact alive, but she had an impact to her head. And we are concerned because she's alive, but non-responsive. So all Robert keep on saying to Vanna, she's breathing. She's breathing. Less than an hour, Quena is on a helicopter heading to a trauma center. Yes, yes, yes. In Tampa. She reaches to the trauma center at 3 a.m. What the fuck? There's no helicopter ride? No, but, you know, like, all this thing happens. Yeah, but... But, no, hold, hold on, Chanel. This didn't happen, like, they found her in like five minutes. This is no. how you were telling this story, yeah, bitch. Well, Chanel, to speed it up. <laughs> my God, I'm about 10.45. No, they were looking at parking spot A, B. No, 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 no. <laughs> Let me interject here. In my head, she was supposed to reach home at 9.15. She reached home at 9.15. The friends said, hey. And the, the friends say, hey, she still a little extra time to help at her. But 10, then I was on the phone with she. That's at 10 something, right? 10 o'clock. Yes. She go to 10, drop 10, off the book. Uh-huh. They reach there as but soon as they the, mm, the, mm, Rachel's mm. calling because she thought something happened. Rachel's How long called, Rachel go call she for? Oh, I don't know. A couple, three times. Let's just say couple, <laughs> Rachel. Okay, that's 10 times. minutes. That's 10 minutes. 10 minutes. So right? Ten that's minutes. 10 40. 10 40. 10 40. Then the mother then, go reach. Oh, sorry. Let's see the mother reach at and 11 then o'clock. At 10 45, Rachel said, Oh, fuck, because you know, I'll have to, we, know, we need to know how smart Rachel is. What if Rachel is on chalk? What if Tina is dumb? And Savannah, explain to me. No, bitch, come on, let's go. No, 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 explain to no, me what Susanna. happened. Uh, Susanna, <laughs> let me tell you how you told this story. You told this story that was reached around 9 15. Some kind of calls happen in an expeditious manner. By 10 45, we know, A, this girl is missing a helicopter came <laughs> and then cold. at three in the morning she reached the hospital what kind of helicopter right all is this? this happened no it's not like the helicopter came off 10 45 i feel they waste time i feel they waste time i say what i say continue point is that 3 a.m it's when she reaches to the trauma center mm-hmm and you think a helicopter is just like, wake up, we're right, right here, uh, Christian Grey, turn on the helicopter. <laughs> yes. Well, like, those things don't happen I'm assuming right away, the Chanel. reason that the helicopters are chosen is because they're faster to get there than a car. Because if a car can get there the same Maybe time as a helicopter. Maybe it's the situation that the patient is. And how far, like, they You want to say that a helicopter less rocky than a car, right? No, I want to say that if there is a lot of fucking traffic, construction or whatever, fuck it is happening. And I'm, that's going to prevent me, my kid or the person, the patient to get it stuck in traffic for 30 minutes instead of 15. You will take 30, you will take 15. Uh, but they reach a tree. I'm telling <laughs> a story on a fast situation. It's nothing like hap- nothing happening. Listen, I'm just saying, I, I say that I feel like if the helicopter, this whole situation drag. Please continue and tell me how I am right. <laughs> I said it all wrong, Chanel. Not the whole thing, just this one part. Just the one part. And what is it? The police took the pictures of the scene. The helicopter arrived. They take the her quena to the closest trauma center and by 3 a.m the doctors bring an update okay to so they didn't reach a tree no they didn't Mm -hmm. reach okay i am sorry okay that got me real passionate because i'm like why are we taking the helicopter (laughs) all right continue they said that she's still alive Mm -hmm. and she's stable her face was bruised and swollen her forehead was fractured oh lord and then robert vanaman Vanaman. Mm -hmm. uh, remember something about the paramedic chick chatting about a a brain injury 
but they just roll with it because they're like, okay, she's stable. And they just decided not to say anything. By they, I mean Vanna and Robert. Because they assumed the doctor knew what the, the doctor said. The doctors, they already, the doctor had come. The mm -hmm. doctor had said she's stable. So the doctor knows right? what's going on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sadly, they were right to be concerned about those comments. Shortly after Quena woke up, the doctors told Vanna that she has been paralyzed. Oh no. And due to a brain injuries, she's been blinded <gasps> and not longer able to eat or speak on her own. All this from this blitz attack from this random man at the yeah. public library. Yeah. Doctors revealed that she has been raped and they they have submitted the DNA samples to the police. Mm. Now, when they take these samples from you, don't they have to have consent? Well, she's and then this in this place exactly, but wouldn't they disclose to the family a they have to like we have to we have to do this is she a minor How old is she? 18 years old but no, still like but you're, you're she's an adult and a crime happened to her so now at this point know, she's not able to provide consent they don't technically need the parents consent at that point but she's not able to say hey i don't want you to do this or hey, i don't want you to do that I understand what you're saying, but mm -hmm. because she's an adult, it's different for them. You know, it's like, okay, well, we don't need to ask anybody. We need to do this test. We need to do it. So we do it. Yeah, I find it in, I get, right, but invasive. Yeah. The fact that they, they, they their parents now knew mm -hmm. after the fact, mm -hmm. not while it was happening. Mm -hmm. That's the part that. I'm not saying they were wrong mm -hmm. for taking the DNA. I just I find get it, it. I get it. You know, the sample led the police to another unrelated rape case that occurred about 10 months before Quena's case. Eventually, the DNA evidence for both cases led the police straight to Kendrick Morris, who was arrested in charge for his involvement on his crime. The first case, so 10 months earlier, Kendrick Morris had gone to a daycare center in oh the God. morning. A daycare? A daycare. In the morning of June 28, 2007, at Hillsborough County Daycare. At 5 a.m., the victim was the first employee coming into oh, the daycare. like the early teacher who yeah. comes and sets As she closed the door after unlocking and entering the building, a man appeared wearing a mask, mm -hmm. a ski mask, gloves, and holding a knife. He prevented the victim from closing the door, and he went inside. Like, he told the victim to get down on the floor and demanded money. Then told her to take off her clothes and raped her. A co-worker arrived and found the victim right after the event. She took her to the hospital where they took the samples, mm -hmm. but neither of them could not identify anybody. No. DNA. Question. Mm -hmm. If his DNA wasn't on the system then, Mm -hmm. And um, Quina could not identify him because she's not speaking. How all of a sudden the sample that she but this, took the sample, matches. The sample matched the one from 10 the, months prior. Could, yes. But they couldn't tell you who it was. So, here, follow my thoughts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The teacher gets raped. They take a sample. They put it on the system. They likely check. Because mm -hmm. if they could have found him then, mm -hmm. they would have gotten him then. Mm -hmm. But they weren't able to do that. So they weren't able to link it to anybody. Mm -hmm. Queena gets raped. 
they took the sample. They were able to match it to his in the system. Mm-hmm. But how did they track it to him? Because he was unknown in the system. Just because they got a second hit doesn't mean they have identified him. It's just they have a second case with the same DNA. How did they catch him? He confessed. Oh, we'll tell. We'll, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why did he confess? Did they catch him somewhere yeah. else? Kendra Morick's lawyers claim that his anger issues are a result of the abuse on the hand of his stepfather, a former Tampa Bay Buccaneer, Steve White. What the fuck that have to do with him raping people? And if he's angry, go to anger management. So he just confessed? He just confessed. Out of the blue? He was arrested and confessed. But how did they know to arrest him? Because of the DNA. But how did they link it to him? This is how the system works, right? If the system has a name, unless he got picked up on an unrelated crime and they got his DNA in the system. So let's say he raped this woman, the teacher. Mm-hmm. They put the DNA in the system as this DNA is linked to a rape. Then he went and he raped Queena. Mm-hmm. Queena can't talk. She can't say this is what the guy looked mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. And the DNA goes to the system. This DNA is linked to a rape. Oh, look, it matches the DNA from this rape of this teacher. They still don't know that he's the person who did the rape unless he were to commit another crime where his DNA was taken they put his DNA into the system and then his DNA matches with the DNA they catch him for a crime something else but already caught yes Mm -hmm. so they catch him Mm-hmm. And when they caught him, took his DNA, mm-hmm. they put the DNA into the system and then they got hits saying this DNA is involved in these two rapes. Mm. You understand? So I'm just curious as to what crime, you don't know. Okay. But he did get caught in something else. Mm-hmm. Okay. An expert who examined Kendrick stated that he he was bitten mm-hmm. by Steve White, the the stepfather. Buccaneer. And there were there were marks on his body about the abuse. What does this have to do with They were trying, the defense was trying to make like, oh, he has been abused. That's why this man is doing this. Bullshit fuckery. We don't accept this Mm -hmm. as an excuse. At some point, the Department of Children and Families removed Kendrick from his parents' residence due to the abuse. However, during his foster visit... He was sexually assaulted twice. Once by a man, once by a woman. Mm. I have no idea why people just foster children just to be nasty. Well, I mean, I guess I do understand, like, you are nasty and you choose to foster children so you can enact your nastiness. Mm -hmm. It's not like you fostered them first and then became nasty. You know, you're probably always nasty. According to a professor in psychology they said that these assaults make Kendrick feel powerless that's why he has gone out of the way to take that power no I, I find all these defense so weak all weak like none of them has said no he didn't do it none of them no, none of them they're not they have the DNA on him so they can't say he didn't do it now they're just trying to make a soften the blow because I think what they all be doing is remember they have a jury of 12 let's say mm-hmm. and it might have if this is a jury trial and it might have one but no person, I felt to say that this guy was 16 years old when he did all this shit eh? he's 16 mm-hmm. oh for fuck's sake well then yeah so I see why they brought it up because they will have somebody on the panel who maybe have a 16 year old son or who maybe 
have had anger issues or who maybe was in the foster system who could relate and understand and mm-hmm. will be like nah I'm not up for him getting the death penalty or whatnot mm-hmm. and then furthermore it's very hard for adult people to sentence a child for a very long time and it's because we know you didn't live yet you know mm-hmm. we're, we're not even we don't even feel fully adult we start this saying how i felt like 22 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so steve white had come public saying that he never bitten this mm-hmm. man mm-hmm. he never bitten kendry and he's whatnot a he's a boy he's 16. yes but now this is where he lost me you cannot call me his stepfather i never married the woman no but you raised them you can go fuck yourself steve you can go fuck yourself like i'm uh, that's okay that you wanna if you didn't do it and you want to clean your name by going out of your way and be like, don't call me his stepfather. If you're the only father, the person no, then you're his father. It's just very simple. That's so stupid. Mm, I agree. When the evidence was produced in court, the jury found Kendry guilty of a lot of charges. Yes. <laughs> Instead of a Inclu- plethora. <laughs> <laughs> including kidnapping, mm-hmm. sexual battery, aggravated battery, mm-hmm. burglary. Bulgur- are you saying buggery or burglary? Burglary. Bug- Don't bother. <laughs> Why Bur- is that? Burglary. Robbery. Bur- robbery. That's the <laughs> Say word. it again. Burglary. Burglary. Yes. Which is also robbery. And I armed actually, robbery. I don't know what is the difference between burglary and robbery. Because it says N armed robbery. Well, let us look it up. Both burglary and robbery involve property and theft. However, in a burglary, a victim did not have to be present. Though they could be in a robbery, a victim is present. So if I steal your chain, that is a robbery. But if you leave home and I steal your chain, that's a burglary. Okay, he was, com- he was guilty of both. Mm. As a result, he was sentenced to a total of 65 years in prison in 2011. In 2017, a law changed in Tampa, Florida, where juveniles were allowed to appeal for a lighter sentence. Mm. Hendrick appealed the sentence. By this time, they bring Quena. The family has mm-hmm. gone. And what is Quena's situation? Present. She's like... No, she's a... paralyzed. She can She communicates by looking at you mm-hmm. and and crying oh that's the only way she communicates oh my god um she needs 24 hours care mm-hmm. and her medical expenses a year it's eighty thousand dollars oh my gosh this poor girl so when he appealed again he got a life in prison now, my conflict in here is that this is a black boy. I feel a white boy would have done this and it would have gotten a life sentence. I agree. If this if this was somebody else, he would have gotten a lighter sentence. But, but I also, also feel look at like that. life is what he deserved. Mm-hmm. Because she has to spend the rest of her life trapped in this in, in situation that? Yeah. that he created for her. Mm-hmm. That makes me wonder. Victims, or let's just use this word, survivors of sexual assault are mm-hmm. also trapped into the life this person, this nasty person did to them. Mm-hmm. Now, this Quena is showing physical mm-hmm. evidence of these, of his actions. You know what I mean? Yeah, so she has to spend the rest of her life dealing with his crime. But my point is that all of, of them should get, should, got, should get life because everybody's trapped. Have to deal with consequences. Yeah, but of, I think it, it's the type of consequences. Like a lot of people will put a lot of stock on like a PTSD. Like let's say I robbed you. 
You're stuck with a PTSD that now you wouldn't want to go down the street with jewelry. Maybe that's the day you stop wearing jewelry all together. Mm-hmm. Maybe you, every time you have to go outside, you take all of your jewelry out. You only wear it in the house, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's horrible. And I'll probably stick with you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. But is your quality of life really affected by your inability to not wear jewelry? Now, you can argue that your quality of life is affected because you feel fear all the time mm-hmm. that this will happen again. Yeah, but you can still walk, eat, exactly. talk, communicate. Yes. Exactly. Yes. I, yes. Think, I think once you've taken away somebody's senses and you've made it difficult for them to achieve the life that they would have had, you have robbed them of a life. Now, I'm not saying she, she isn't like the... She and her mom look happy in these pictures here. They're doing the best with the situation that they're in. You know, she's trying to make her, you know, as independent as she could make her. I'm not saying these things. But I'm saying the future that she would have had is now has been taken away from her. So that's the life he's paying for. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something you have to consider. Like, I agree with you that if it was somebody else, they would have said, no, let's give him a chance because thirty they, years, twenty years. Because they mm-hmm. often, when they look at white, we've talked about this. When they look at young white men, they see potential, mm-hmm. and when they look at young black men, they see criminals. Mm-hmm. So with a young white man, right. they yes. would have been like, "Let's not ruin his future. Mm-hmm. He can go on to do good things in society." Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. I agree, but we can also agree that with this particular crime. Life doesn't seem like it was unfair, mm-hmm. whether the person would have been white or not. That's wild. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm very grateful for the fact that we live in a world where people value the conversation about mental health a lot more. Like, I feel like if 10 years ago we weren't talking about mental health like we do now, and there are a lot more resources, even I, in I the understand. workplace, there are. I understand that mental health is a factor, but just like anything else, you lose me when it's you use it as a reason to soften something. You know, like mm-hmm. oh oh he was sexually assaulted, therefore he's doing these things to other people. I get what you're saying. That doesn't justify. However, it is a factor and it should be taken into consideration mm-hmm. to make it better. Let me to prevent it. that from happening again. To make it like to make a change. I agree. Know? Like okay, for example, this is not this is way off. I'm not trying to make a joke, I'm really I'm using it as an example. <laughs> the <laughs> other day I saw I posted it on Instagram where the parents found this girl who bite back a snake that bite her. And she bite the snake, catch her biting the snake, right? (laughs) And um, I put on my Instagram post, get her therapy for sure, but also put her in the Umbrella Academy, which is Mm -hmm. a show about these like superhero people. Um, Because she's probably going to need therapy because it's, I mean, instinctually, people don't think to bite back the snake that bit them, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, and then I found myself after wondering, does she need therapy or is that the right response? Mm-hmm. You know? Like, do I need therapy because I think that that's the right response? <laughs> you know? Like, you say, go down this rabbit hole of wondering if what you think is normal. Right, there's though, no, yeah. There is no normal or not. But what I could say is, is that when people act out as a result of their mental health issues, they are not the ones who failed alone. Many people 
had to fail them to get to that point. And it's not always the case. There are a lot of cases where people resist treatment, people try to help them, da da da. There are also those. But I would say the majority of the situation isn't that they resisted help. It's that help was not offered to them, mm-hmm. right? Like, look how quick this boy's um, stepfather was quick to say, I need stepfather. Don't call mm-hmm. my name and nothing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so he probably deals with a lot of abandonment and a lot of rage. Once again, we all agree. That don't mean go ruin this girl's life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The American justice system is not the place for them to help him because they have a lot of people Which in there who need mental... Yeah, but they, they have a lot of people in there who need mental help, health, help, but they're not going to get it because it's just a prison. Mm-hmm. And so they're just going to continue to be mm-hmm. angry, mad, frustrated, whatever it is they feel until they come out and they do it again to somebody else. We have, pub, we have workplaces that have Gen X bosses, millennial middle management, and Gen Z uh, new people. Mm-hmm. So you've got the disparity. in the work. Well, I guess we always have had three different generations in the workplace, mm-hmm. right? At least three. But the chasm between them have never been so wide. <laughs> so we've got the Gen Xers who are like, they don't want to work for nothing. I have a house. I had 10 houses. I have da 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 yeah, bitch, Mind you, also- houses cost $10 back when you had to get a house. And they just got off of that recession. Like, you see, on the 30th. <laughs> when, am I, when am I? Like, there was... Because it went shit down. They had it the best. After a recession, you go all down, and then it goes. It's it's how economy works. You mm. go all shit down, and then you start going. We're here. We're in the pits. <laughs> we're here. <laughs> we're not got... like because we go in two thousand and nine, and we get we went two thousand and nine, two thousand and nine coming here pandemic. Yes. So then you've got the Gen Zs, and so she said, "Let me show you the Gen Z calendar, like the daily calendar." Mm-hmm. <laughs> what you'll see is. 30 minute mental health break. <laughs> yes. said, and one of them had, let's say they had a meeting to review jeans mm-hmm. from 12 to 1, mm-hmm. 1 to 2 30, recovery from meeting to review jeans. Yeah. So they're taking a recovery. So they've got meetings, then they recover. They actually block out time. They have things on the calendar saying, don't speak to me on a Monday morning. <laughs> Another one put nap time. Mm. On the calendar, nap time. Mm-hmm. And I have to wonder if they just have it figured out. Like, uh, because the reality is, yeah, you want somebody who is a productive worker, but, but why do I again, have to kill myself but to again, work for you? Like, if, if you go beyond that, an engineer two generations ago was a fucking engineer. Mm-hmm. He has a secretary that does all the shit, the, the, all the mindy word mm-hmm. or they have other people because the pr- bureaucracy was longer am i making any sense so you have a person that's secretary they only do secretarial stuff right right you're you only, doing, another, one thing. You're only mm-hmm. doing one thing now you have this what's the one after millennium the gen z's the gen z's that they know how to edit they know how to TikTok. they know how to dance they know how to they know how to go online they know how to they have so many streams coming on him like coming of course they need a hey 
it's like having 7,000 babies at once going like, give me this, give me this, I'm hungry, give me this, give I me this. I understand that they're suffering from sensory You know, there is overload. a lot, it's a lot Susanna. coming at the end. The expectation is so high because you have these other guys that were overachiever, but they're not overachieving. They just had an environment that uh, provided for them. Like those ones that said, I have three houses, two condos, and these bitches are just lazy. Meanwhile, these motherfuckers don't know how to fry an egg. Back to what I was saying. Um, I understand. <laughs> they do have a figure out. They needed to have a figure out. I know that the millennial sensory overloaded. We know what we're trying to show you. You keep on talking about the millennials. They, as if sorry, not the millennials. The, the Gen, Gen Zs. Oh. The Gen Zs are, are sensory overloaded. But that argument doesn't stand. And do you know why? Because we are exposed to the same sensory system mm-hmm. that they are, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. However, our expectations for ourselves within the workplace are different. Mm-hmm. And the same thing for the older people. Now, you will want to argue that the older people are not as exposed due to lack of opportunity because maybe they don't care about those things. But when you're in the millennial, you're in the middle between the two. It's like you have one foot in this traditional work force Mm -hmm. where I'm going to get up, beat that pavement. I'm going to work. I'm going to work extra hard. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad you've given me this extra Mm -hmm. work to do. Thank you. Because you. Six o'clock, not nine. Yes. Mm -hmm. You've been raised by a Gen X. (laughs) You've been raised by a Gen X person who was taught that the way to work is to get get up up early, Mm -hmm. be to work early, leave late. If you leave early, you left too early. Mm -hmm. And so you have that. Then you've got the people coming up behind you and it's hard to watch them mm-hmm. take out these little pieces, little nuggets of time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and realize it's safe to do so. It is. Right? So that's, that's the whole argument. They like have you, it it's all hard. They, mm-hmm. It's hard to, as a millennial, wrap your mind around what because the Gen Because you find yourself do. on a, a, me, this is how my week goes. I'm a, from the from the first two days and a half of the work week, mm-hmm. I'm a Gen X. <laughs> Very productive. By the end of the week, you're a Gen Z. <laughs> uh, 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 uh-huh. By the end of the week, I'm like, I need my mental break. <laughs> I cannot take it anymore. <laughs> Meanwhile, I've worked the whole 40 hours in three days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you were Gen X for the first three days. I, I was Gen X. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. In the context of this, I think that they are right. And the reason I think that they are right is because we have been raised to treat our job like our whole life Mm -hmm. and that the rest of our life that Mm -hmm. happens is just extra. Mm -hmm. So our actual whole existence is work. That's a generation that is comfortable in their own fucking skin to say and without justification, I am not going to be a mother. They've been raised to value experience as their mm-hmm. existence mm-hmm. i want to live i want to travel mm-hmm. i want to see the world i want to contribute positively to mm-hmm. the world i want to mm-hmm. do all of these mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. i want to carve out time within the day that you have you you have me here for eight hours to do this job whether i do that job between eight to five or eight to eleven and then rest the rest of the day is irrelevant as long as i'm doing my job mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. you just because you're here from I'm from here from eight to eight to five mm-hmm. or nine to five doesn't mean that you get every second of my life between nine and five because I have this is a work day 
my job is to put in work for the day. Mm-hmm. You don't get to decide how I put in that work for the day. And if I need a break at 10 o'clock because Susie pissed me off from the break room, I'm taking that break at 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to fire me because at 5, I'm going to still be done with my work day. I would have done my work for the day. Mm-hmm. And that's something they figured out that we didn't. Mm-mm. You know, we're still going to work. We're there from 9 to 5. We're shit like, oh shit, uh, did you eat? Susanna, how many times you and I were like, did you eat? No, it's 2 o'clock. Did you eat? No. Maybe like about 3 to let's eat something. You know, maybe. Coming from a person that decided to take salads to eat at her desk at work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to get up. How dare I to get up, warm, food. warm my food and come back? Yes. And That's so, time waste. This is something. So I'm just trying to say I'm proud of them for figuring mm-hmm. out this mm-hmm. mental health mm-hmm. thing. The fact that the Gen Zs know how to ask for a break where the millennials don't. No. I am happy that all the conversations are on the table. Anyway, we kind of got off topic as usual. But before we closed off, we just want to so say... So much fuckery today. Yeah, well, this one was heavy. But we also want to say we're happy to be back. Here we are. And it's my birthday month, regardless of what people might say. It's August. It's not her birthday month. They don't know that. (sighs) They're going to know that when it's my birthday month. So just start celebrating me, bitch. Bring all the good juju to me. (laughs) Take us away, Susanna. (laughs) We know nothing. So please go to the sources linked on our Instagram at criminallycoolis or on our website at criminallycoolis.com to get the real tea. Follow us wherever you listen to podcasts and feel free to leave us a like or a review so we can dominate those ratings. Remember, we might be clueless. But that's not a crime. We're back, bitches. We are back.